What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Telling you, bro. What's been happening, bro? Uh, not too much. Still hitting more Peggy-O's? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Riff Raff. Greetings from sunny Southern California. More specifically, North Hollywood, California. I'm here with, um, actually rehearsing with Harry Shearer for his Derek Smalls Spinal Tap comeback tour. I'm only doing a couple shows, but a lot of fun. It's fun switching gears, putting on headphones and working on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, couple of announcements. I am thinking of doing some t-shirts, riffraff t-shirts. Let me know if that's something uh, you'd be into before I place an order. Maybe give me some feedback on that. And i uh, got some other great shows coming up. As always, love all your support. Thanks again for all the emails. How do you land a gig with one of the icons of American music and keep it for 45 years? Well, ask today's guest, Mr. Mickey Raphael. Mickey's been playing with Willie Nelson for, yeah, almost 45 years. He's a really great, great harmonica player, great musician. You know, unless your name is Keith Richards, I don't know of anyone who has had a gig for as long as he has, much less on harmonica. Not only has Mickey been with Willie's band, Along the way, he's also recorded and performed with many of the greats, and I'm talking about Neil Young, Leon Russell, Johnny Cash, Emmylou Harris, Paul Simon, Bob Dylan. It goes on and on and on. Look up his discography and his credits. In this interview, you'll hear uh, Mickey and I first met about 15 years ago now, and uh, well, we worked together on a few things here and there with Willie Nelson, including the uncredited part in the Dukes of Hazard movie. 
Yeah, Mickey and I are on a flatbed truck playing with Willie. It's pretty funny. But in this interview, we discuss uh, his early years, how he landed the gig with Willie. He's got some good stories about different sessions and classic records he's been on with Emmylou Harris and one of my personal favorites, Teatro, with Daniel Lanois, produced Willie Nelson and also Redhead Stranger, famous, famous Willie Nelson album. Great Miles Davis stories, just funny, great time. So hope you enjoy this. And I'm walking into Mickey's studio here in his house in uh, Nashville. And we just play a little impromptu intro jam and get right to it. Thanks for tuning in. Cool, Shane. Little E, something, uh, what do we call that? Uh, something uh, in E. Yeah, something in E. Bellevue Blues. I'm yeah. s- <laughs> All right, I'm sitting in Nashville, Tennessee with my good friend, Mickey Raphael. And, man, one of the rare times you're actually in That I'm home, yeah. You're home, and I'm here. Man, it's so great to have you as a guest. And um, for those of you that don't know, I mean... A lot of people know who you are, Mickey. You got your own T-shirt here. Mickey's been a long, long time <laughs> member of Willie Nelson's band for it's over forty years. Yeah, right? since nineteen seventy-three. Man, I mean, you stop and think about that for a minute. Like, how many people on any instrument have a gig that long? I mean, that's like beyond tenured, man. That's that's two careers right there. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm fortunate every day. I mean, I don't take any of it for granted. But I think Willie, you know, it's that's why the, the group's called Willie and Family because it kind of is a family. I mean, how are you going to fire your sister? Right. You know. <laughs> right, right. And I always thought it's like it's not that he's kept me, you know, that he's kept me on so long because I'm, you know, such a great musician. I just didn't think he had the balls to fire me. I think well, that's kind of. I don't know about that. You are a great, great, great player, man, and you and you've graced the many many hundreds and hundreds of records like still right now i come over to mickey's place he's working on a track for a producer and you know i've i've gotten the opportunity to work with you and play with Mm -hmm. willie you know and and uh, we'll get into that stuff but um i think the thing that's unique about you is i've noticed i think you correct me if i'm wrong i think you're sort of the unofficial 
MD for Willie. Like maybe not called MD, but anytime you see Willie, if you look to the right, you'll see Mickey. Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate, you know, when he does these one-offs or we'll do a, a TV show or, or a, you know, something. We did the Grammys and, uh, you know, they, they brought me along and I was able to put together, you know, a studio band out there of, uh, you know, some of my favorite L.A. cats or something yeah. like that or New York guys yeah. to, uh, you know, augment, you know, to play with Willie. So it's always fun to have that opportunity and yeah, man. be able I've to seen work you with on, different guys. With you two and Neil Young and God, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'll, I'll tell the listeners briefly how we met. It was... Uh, it was on an airplane. Yeah, actually. it was a plane. It was, I don't remember. You were playing with years. the Nevilles. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many years ago, but I had my tour itinerary open, I think. And I think you said, oh, you work with the Nevilles brothers? Oh, and we start talking. Your mom's from New Orleans, is yeah, that right? Yeah, my mom's from New Orleans. Yeah. And we and I went to one of your birthday parties in Nashville. There's a photographer friend of yours that had hosted Yeah, Jack Spencer. That's right. We still do that. It's probably been, I don't know, 20 years since... Uh, we have these yearly Christmas birthday wow, parties. Yeah, well, that that and then we, you know, hang hung out. Anytime you come to New Orleans, we'd hang. And um, I don't know, man. It's been. And then one day you call. <laughs> one day Mickey calls me. He's like, Willie's looking for a. I need a band to back up Willie for the Dukes of Hazard movie. So we did that together. We were on camera together. Yeah, Willie. yeah, that was fun. You remember when Willie was? We we what was that tune they call? They call me the Breeze. Yeah, the JJKL. Or it was Skinner, right? Wasn't that or Skinner's version was the one Willie did for the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you remember that scene when we shot the the, the scene? It was it Jessica Simpson. There was a huge like square dance scene. Remember yeah, well, we were on a flatbed truck. We were on a plane flatbed out, truck with hay bales, <laughs> and they had to queue up like a hundred people and get ready. And the director would say, and the and the line was Willie had to say. Hey fellas, how about a tune? And we're like, yeah, yeah, Willie, what do you want to play? And he goes, how about they call me the breeze? That was the <laughs> yeah, tune. Yeah, right. But Willie never got the line right, so they, he would say, how about I am the breeze? So we'd start playing, everybody's <laughs> yeah. dancing, and all of a sudden, cut, cut. They had to set up and do it all, <laughs> all over again. Over again, like three times, man. But anyway, I think it's the last time I played sitting on a hay bale. I remember standing next to you and Willie and, and I asked Willie about Trigger, his guitar, and I said, uh, um, Willie, how long as you had that guitar? And he said, Oh, about forty years. And I said, Man, if that thing could talk and he said, Oh, I'd have to shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man, that's uh that's a little of our background history and we've recorded together with some people. We worked for Ben Keith and some other people together and um but, you know, I, I've always been a, a fan before I knew you. When I was a little kid, man, I had this record, Red-Headed Stranger. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was a 10 that years That was the old. first record I played. I want to ask really. you about that because that – tell me if this is if, if this is uh, urban legend or if this is true. I've heard that Willie recorded all that stuff and submitted it to the record company, and they said, oh, these are great demos. We need to put strings on yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. They said uh, – in fact, it was the first record – um, that Willie did for uh, CBS, wh where he was producing it. And his contract, his deal was that he could turn in the record and they had to put it out. So we cut this record, I think just a day and a half, maybe a couple of days, and it was wow. the first time we didn't heard any of these songs. Willie comes in with a stack of napkins and says, really? here's my next record, and he starts playing the songs. And the record is so sparse, production is so sparse, because we're hearing the songs for the first time, and... 
you know, listen to it once and we, and then, then he played it again and we'd play a little bit along with him. And that was really the takes that we'd use. So he turned it in and uh, they said, it's great demo, great demo. But, you know, we can put these strings on here and these voices. Well, he goes, no, you know, this is, that's my deal. And they said, uh, well, tell you what, we'll, you know, we'll produce it our way. And then your next record, you can do the way you want. Well, this is, no deal. This is, uh, you know, his manager went to bat, said, this is the contract we've got. And they had to put it out. And then, you know, the rest is history. It's such a great record, man. This, that yeah, is a great just, demo. I remember that. Oh, that, so that's true. Wow. That's yeah. really interesting. I still have that, that. Well, it's not that what was going on. You know, everything was so overproduced at that time. I mean, that was what people, that's what, you know, was coming out of Nashville, not to say anything bad about it, but that, that was the style of uh, record production right. back then. It was real, heavy, you know, lots of vocals and, uh, you know, pretty heavily produced uh, tracks. So this is really unique that you just go in there, number one, with the, the road band, you know, that was not seasoned studio musicians, right. you know, or to call Willie not a seasoned musician is kind of contrary, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it worked out good. told me one time and I, I never forgot that you you, you said uh like you you went to LA and Willie you hired some guys and you got Keltner and you got these other guys to play with Willie and you, you said Willie you know listen how great this sounds man it's so steady and it's this and that and man this is so killer and 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 Willie he he told you I know but those other guys are my friends yeah he said you know? I mean, <laughs> Keltner was wanting to go on the road with us and it's like hey what did we take Jimmy out for a while he goes oh that'd be great he, he goes, but, you know, sometimes it's better to be just surrounded by your, your friends than the best musicians in the world. It's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, who does that nowadays? I mean, it's, it's yeah, you know, that's really... And he really loves the road. I mean, that line in On the Road Again, you know, making music with my friends, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, that's, uh, that's what he does. Yeah. That's, why he, that's why he keeps touring, you know, at 84, 85, uh, probably 100 cities a year. Because he's just, you know... Somebody asked him, when are you going to retire? He goes, all I do is play music and golf. Which one am I going to quit? <laughs> I never even asked you, how did you get the, the gig with Willie? God, well, it was I was at the right place at the right time, I think. I was, I was playing with uh, B.W. Stevenson, 
who was a the Texas, yeah, kind of folky singer. I was involved in that Texas folk scene with Michael Murphy, Jerry Jeff, uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard, you know, those Texas songwriters. Um, and I got a call from Daryl Royal, who was a coach of the University of Texas football team, and he's a real uh, strong patron of the arts and a music supporter, and he was a friend of Willie's. So he said, uh, we're having a little picking party after the ball game. I think at Texas, uh, the Longhorns were playing uh, Arkansas that weekend. And I was in Dallas at my folks' house. And he said, hey, you know, after the game, why don't you come over and bring your harmonicas and we'll have a, we're having a little picking party and some of my friends are there. And so I went and, um, I mean, I knew nothing about football. I knew who the coach was because, you know, he was probably the most popular guy in Texas. Right. And Willie was there and Charlie Pride was there and probably about 30 people in the hotel room and they passed the guitar around a couple other singer songwriters were in the room and i didn't know who willie was i had one of his records because we were on rca and i'd gone through the vault and you know took taking a bunch of records and i took i saw this one willie record called willie and family and the album cover was so weird it was a photograph taken on willie's farm in ridgetop tennessee around a bonfire and all the band and family were standing around this fire um, and they were so weird looking. Paul, the drummer, was wearing a was st- st- they're out in the woods, and he's wearing a black cape and red patent leather boots. B, the bass player, looked like he was wearing a fuzzy diaper. Um, <laughs> it's like and, some kind of Texas p Oh, or it was so weird looking. And I said, I got to have this record. So that was <laughs> Willie. And later, um, I asked him. I, I I brought that record out, or I said, Who are all these people? I mean, I could recognize Willie's sister and some of the grandbabies and. You know, some of the guys in the band, it's like, well, who is this guy? And they go, we don't know. He just walked up out of the woods. <laughs> we were taking the picture, and he just got in the picture. But, wow. Uh, and that's that's true. So Willie, you know, would get the guitar, and he'd play Crazy or Nightlife, you know, in the coach's room. And it's like, yeah. ah, so that's who this guy is. Because I, I think I'd recognize those songs from Aretha's version or, you know, Ray yeah. Charles um, or B.B. King doing Nightlife. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of jamming with my harmonica. I really didn't know what to do. And Willie says, hey, if you ever hear we're playing anywhere, come sit in with us. And a few weeks later, they were playing in a high school gymnasium for, of a benefit for a volunteer fire department. So I, I just drove down there and uh, showed up and sat in with them. And I think we played Fraulein four times that night just because it was what people wanted to dance to. You know, something wow. you could two-step to. So uh, here we are set up on... The basketball court, you know, at this uh, at this high school uh, in Lancaster, Texas. Man, and how old were you? Like eighteen or something? No, I was probably twenty. Twenty, I just okay, turned twenty. Well, 20. Yeah. yeah, but we went to a truck stop afterwards for breakfast. You know, it's probably one in the morning, and I think Lancaster is thirty, forty miles south of Dallas. So went to this truck stop, and we're talking, and it's Willie and Paul, and I, I can't remember if Bobby, his sister, was there. But, uh, you know, we had breakfast, your chicken fried steak, which you have mm-hmm, in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. It's pretty normal. And uh, I was getting ready to leave. It was getting late. And I thought, well, I'm going to have one more cup of coffee. And I did. And then Willie says, well, hey, you know, we're going to New York in a couple of weeks. Why don't you go with us? And they were going up there to play Max's Kansas City. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, that, if, I, if I hadn't have stayed for that cup of coffee, I don't know what I'd be doing. It, fate would have lent a different, uh, and here, here it is. Yeah. Like, And I'm still all coffeeed up, you know. (laughs) 
Georgia. Most people listening to this would know this, but Willie wrote Crazy for Patsy Cline. He wrote a lot of country mm-hmm. songs. Hello, Walls. Hello, Walls. Hello, hello, yeah. But his his deal was he wanted to be a, a he wanted to be an, an artist mm-hmm. and and people didn't really take him seriously in Nashville at the time. Yeah, they That's, wanted his songs. They didn't want yeah. him to sing. They didn't want to hear him sing. It's like early '60s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he just got frustrated and went back to Texas and just what decided. Yeah, started he was gonna, playing there and started playing you know dance halls and grew his what, hair long and started smoking weed or whatever and then yeah well I think uh, you know he came back to Austin and he saw how when he would play these these gigs there that his audience were hippies you know this is back in the late 60s early 70s hippies and rednecks so here music was a catalyst to bring these two groups together peacefully i mean it was the end of the vietnam war and uh you know there's a lot of tension between that those two social sure especially uh, in texas oh yeah you know so here was you know he's playing places like the armadillo world headquarters you know it was a hippie crowd and then big g's you know which they'd be uh, you know, it was one of those blood bucket, blood and bucket places, you know, where you'd go in there and there'd be fights. And the, wow. I remember we played there one time or the first time we played, uh, at the time we didn't have a bus. So everybody was driving their own cars, but I had to wait till Willie and Paul got there before I could go in the place. Cause I had real long hair wow. and, and really? uh, there wasn't any way I was going to be able to walk into that joint by myself. So don't shoot the harmonica player. <laughs> I, I know there's a lot of Willie stories. You've told me some, but for the purpose of this podcast, are there any like crazy G-rated Willie stories that you know you tell? Like you don't have to say oh, yeah, you're not yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, Just yeah. some the craziest shit you can think of that is palatable for the podcast. Yeah, you, one that stands out. You can say out. anything you want. I don't care, but I know you don't want to. No, one that stands out is that we were in Northern California playing a uh, an, a, a festival. Um, at a racetrack and I remember being on the hotel being on Willie's bus and we hear this thunderous roar and about 10 Hells Angels you know on their bikes pull up park by the bus and knock on the door and they wanted to meet Willie because they saw the bus there so Willie comes out and meets these guys and visits with them and it's you know he talks to him for a little bit and then they, he says hey guys I gotta go you know we gotta go to the gig and they said well come on we'll take you so what? Willie and I got on the back of their bikes, <laughs> and we're going down the, the, uh, the. I guess it was the five. Usually the five is a one hundred one, I guess. But it was about a twenty mile ride. Wow! You know, and these guys don't pack other men on their bus on their bikes very often. It was a little awkward. Yeah, it was a little awkward. You know, but and I remember I was riding with a guy Deacon, who was uh, president of the Oakland. Uh, chapter of the Hell's Angels. Well, those were the guys that were. That was the yeah the, the Rolling Stones guys. thing, right? Yeah, the, the Oakland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the Oakland. Yeah, yeah, from shit. Altamont. The Grateful oh, yeah. Dead or something? Or, yeah, a yeah. few years prior. So I mean, one before of those that. Stones or... But this guy was so big, I didn't smoke, but I could have lit a cigarette behind him, and the wind never would have got me, <laughs> you know, because this guy was blocking all the wind. And I figured, man, if I'm ever going to be safe, if I'm ever going to get on a bike, this is the way to do it. So we rode to the gig, pulled up to the backstage entrance, and there's a guard there, a guard shack, and the guard comes out and goes, uh, you know, you guys can't come in here. And the front bike pulls up and says, you know, this is Willie Nelson. He's playing here. And the cop goes, uh, yeah, sure it is. And Willie had to pull out his American Express card. So don't <laughs> leave home without it. Really? The cop didn't even recognize no, him? No, not at all. Well, you know, we'd been pretty cool. windblown, too. You yeah. know, but, and he expect, didn't expect to see him, you know, with a bunch of Hells Angels. 
Man, Willie blended right in back then. <laughs> Did you do the um, the Highwaymen stuff with like Bob Ray? Remember Bob Ray, the bass player? Yeah, uh-huh. well, you were, I'm sure you were there. Yeah, he right? was in the second incarnation uh, of the band. Yeah, it was Mike Leach and Gene Chrisman the first time. But then, yeah, Bob was on the second. That must have been tour. great because I watch YouTube stuff of that sometimes. And, you know, Chris Christopherson yeah. and, and Whalen. And, I mean, man, that was like... Yeah, there's a box set. I have to get you one. There's a box set that I produced that was, uh, it was a recording, it was a DVD of, of a show that we did at uh, Nassau Coliseum um, in 93, and then I remixed it in uh, in uh, Surround, really? and then it, there's a, uh, a two-CD set, too. Really? And that, that must have been a great experience. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun doing it because we took everything down. You know, just uh, had all the multi-tracks and just took everything down to zero and then just built everything back. You know, cleaned up the tracks so there wasn't a lot of noise. uh, Because we didn't have the technology when we recorded this thing in 93. You know, what they've got in the studio now for, you know, just Mm -hmm. clean recordings is amazing. So we just took every track and and just made it really nice and clean. Didn't change anything, mm-hmm. you know. Just yeah. made sure that if if you heard Willie, if you heard Willie's vocal, you weren't getting Waylon's guitar through the same track, right? You know? So uh, isolation a little yeah. bit, and yeah. And it's in a fifteen thousand seat arena, and it sounds, mm. you know, really good. So it's a great, and, and it looks good too. So wow, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, wow. they recut the John Small who did all the uh, uh, Billy Joel uh, videos. Uh, and Garth Brooks' videos recut the film, and then I did the audio Enjoy. for it. And thanks for coming out to the show. I usually introduce this song by saying, Hello, I'm Johnny Cash, but you already knew that. <laughs> I hear the train are coming, it's rolling around the pin. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down the San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me son Let's talk about some of your influences, man Your your harp influences um, you know, I could talk about Willie all day But you know, I want to hear more about your background and stuff too i didn't even know all this stuff so who's charlie mccoy maybe charlie mccoy yeah from this is what got me into listening to country music you know mm-hmm. he was there's nobody plays like him um because he was playing on all those country you know recordings uh so i listened to charlie um i really wasn't heavily into the blues but i love paul butterfield and i met paul mm. you know several years before he passed and we spent a lot of time together so he was a big influence i mean his tone was just amazing um, and then I like the acoustic players, you know, like Slim Harpo, um, of course, Little Walter, but I, I love the, 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 uh, the acoustic players, uh, Slim Harpo, Lazy Lester, who's still around, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson. So I like the, you know, the. Now you, know, you were you playing, do you play chromatic harp too, right? A little. A little. I'm really yeah. not a chromatic player, but yeah. I play a little but bit. But you've got all that stuff and the yeah, big yeah. bass harmonicas and all the that. Bass harmonicas. You were just putting and, a track on. I mean, on, you can yeah. see, and in, in this is my little recording room here. Yeah. And accordions. I mean, my favorite instrument's the accordion. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. So I've got that. That's a, a Mark, not a Mark Savoy. I have a Mark Savoy. Uh, that one was made by Sydney. I have one that looks kind of like that, that I got. Yeah, that's that a Cajun one. Then I've got the, the ones that Hunter makes that are uh, the three rows, mm-hmm. that are like the Tex-Mex kind of stuff that I started taking lessons from a, a, 
uh, Joel Guzman, who plays with uh, Paul Simon. Okay. Yeah, those those old Cajun ones. They they use the Italian reeds, I think, in those. And they. Yeah, this was hey, this this one right here was made in the guy's. Uh, that <laughs> looks a lot garage. like mine, man. That really does. A lot of those guys out in Lafayette and stuff, they you know they're yeah. like cabinet builders and stuff, and they build accordions on the side. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, here it is, Sydney Brown. Played by Sydney. Look at Brown. that. Yeah. What's that? Then that Bobby Charles song. Oh, oh, and that's not Bobby Charles song. Yeah, man. Beautiful. I didn't know you played accordion. I don't. Yeah, it's well, just something it's I just, play you like in the privacy of... I see. You know. <laughs> now you've, you've recorded with... I mean, it's got to be a thousand records you've played on. A lot of... Play, a lot of... You know, we were talking earlier. I knew you had worked with Motley Crue. But I didn't know it was smoking in the boys' room. Yeah, man, yeah, you yeah. played har you played harp on that. Yeah, because I think uh, Vince Neal was trying to get the was going to play it, and he just didn't uh, have the chops to do the solo. Uh huh. So uh, Tom uh, Worman, who was their producer, called me. He and uh, and Tommy Lee were kind of taken over at, at that point. So uh, they they were my keepers in the studio, my handlers anyway. So. <laughs> Went in and played it, and uh, I think uh, Vince ended up playing like a lick at the very end, and he got heavy metal uh, instrumentalist of the, the year really? award. Yeah. Oh so, man! And on the on the album it says you know harmonica Vince Neil. Then at the really tiny letters it says additional harmonica oh, Mickey Raphael. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, but yeah, that's one of my favorite. Hopefully solos. you got some additional money for that. Uh, yeah. That's oh, oh, oh yeah, there, 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 there's a truck on its way over right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what bit. happens when you go. There's called ghost sessions. A lot of those guys did, you know. Well, at least you got credit on. I can if yeah, I, I think of that credit, song right. in my head right now, I can hear that harmonica solo. Right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that. living in you were living in malibu for a long time were yeah you i was out there, there off and on for 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 years and i had an apartment a little apartment at the beach okay that i kept so i got a few you know i did uh the motley cruise session out there it's an elton john record out there mm. um blue oyster cult so i was getting a lot of rock records i wasn't yeah. getting any country sessions you know but you had played with emmy lou before that yeah so. well, that's when i first moved out there and stayed at uh the house that they were recording, that was a studio that uh, she and her husband, Brian O'Hearn, husband at the time, Brian had. And they moved out, and myself and one of the engineers took over the house. So it was this beautiful kind of sprawling ranch house in Beverly Hills 
with a semi truck in the driveway that was the Enactron truck. It was their studio. Wow. So they run all the cables into the house and I would set up in the shower, in the guest bathroom shower, where I recorded all Emmy Lou's uh the records I played on for Emmy Lou. Now, what would be some highlights of those those uh, sessions? here, there and everywhere? Moon in a ten cent town, uh, easy from now on. Wow, it's gonna be easy. It's gonna be easy. It's gonna be easy from now on. And Stardust, all of Stardust of, of Willie. You are in my arms The nightingale tells his fairy tale Of paradise where roses grew Though I dreamed in vain In my heart there always will Yep. And uh, I remember uh, being in there one time. I wasn't on the session. I forget who was who was playing on this session, but I was like in the back bedroom and Duck Dunn was playing bass and Mac yeah. was playing piano. Wow. Um, and it was like, you know, so all night long I'm hearing this. I don't remember who the drummer was. I don't think it was Keltner. But uh, it was, you know, I hear this kick all night and it's like, I can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> you know? man. Wow, that's a great memory. <laughs> I remember going to the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. I'm sure you were there. It was it was Willie, and it was a bunch of guests. It was a long time ago because Nora Jones was she hadn't exploded yet, but she was there. Mm -hmm. Bon Jovi was there. Oh yeah, yeah, and Rick, Richard, Aaron Neville yeah. was there. And Keith right, Richards was right. in the house band. Remember that? Yeah. yeah so I was yeah. hanging with Aaron and, and you, and I'm at the rehearsal watching, and they did Stardust rehearsal. Uh huh. And man, it was so terrible. It was like, Willie, he, I was like, man, what is he playing? It's his song, like the, the solo, it was like really Oh, but he bad. didn't play the solo on, let's see, I think Freddie Martin may have played. Well, he tried to oh. play it that day, and it was really bad. Uh, and then at the end, Aaron like hit this note, he goes, oh, and, and Willie leans into the mic, he's like, he tried to harmonize. Oh, no. And I was like, holy shit, how are they going to pull this off? This was rehearsal that day. Yeah. And, uh, and that night, when they did it, man, it was un it gave me goosebumps. It was unbelievable. Willie played this solo. I saw Aaron like just grin. Like it sounded like Django reincarnated. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Like what happened between <laughs> then and that, you know? But uh, I remember that's that. why he hates to rehearse because you know it's like it's never going to be like you know it's 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 a waste to rehearse with him. You know maybe a rehearsal for for Willie's good just to so he get an idea when to come in, when to stop playing and when to start. Yeah. You know that's it, but he's just great on a, you know a first take. That day uh you know you can't smoke at the Ryman and it's a you know kind of a it's like smoking in church. Mm -hmm. So nobody's smoking. There's signs all over the place and I remember during the rehearsals Keith Richards walks out to the center of the stage and stood in that spot where Hank Williams stood. And he's just kind of looking around and just getting, you know, just taking in the whole vibe of the place. 
And uh, I see him out of the corner of my eye, and he pulls out a cigarette, lights up right there. <laughs> of course, and, he and, did. <laughs> yeah. And, and the place, the roof didn't cave in. So at that point, when Keith is lighting up a cigarette, everybody else lit up. And, it's, and if I had had a cigarette, I'd have probably lit yeah. one too. I remember Keith dropping something else on stage, but yeah. I probably shouldn't mention that. But uh, yeah, that was funny, man. Let's talk. I want to hear about your memories of the record uh, Teatro. Which I love that record, yeah. and it's Daniel Lenoir produced it, and I don't know how you feel about that record. But no, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Really? Oh, yeah. Just working with Dan Daniel, because I love the sounds he gets. And it was in an old movie theater in Oxnard, California, and the screen was still there. So while we were playing, they would have, with the sound off, they'd have these uh, Mexican movies going on with all this. Because <laughs> it was a know, movie theater yeah, called it was a the movie Teatro. Teatro. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and the, the board was, it was just one big room. There were some movie seats still there, but mainly one big room with he real heavy furniture. Instead of baffles between the instruments, you'd have a big velvet couch and big velvet chairs that we were all set up around. And Daniel wanted us to play not our main instruments. So Willie, I don't think even played trigger. I think he had electric guitar that, uh, that, Dil that was Dylan's guitar. Um, Might have been a Gibson ES-335 mm -hmm. or something like that. Bobby played electric piano. Um, there was one drum kit, and uh, uh, Victor Andrizio uh, played, uh, and, and um, oh, what's Tony's last name? Um, is, is he drummer or bass player? No, well, he was, he's a, a utility guy, keyboard oh. and writer. Oh. But, but Victor was a drummer, and, 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 and Tony... Um, God, I, kill me that I can't remember his last name. So they had one drum kit, mm -hmm. and the two of them broke this drum kit up and played it together, which was wow. just the coolest feel. And then Brad Meldow, was, uh, who's an incredible sure. jazz pianist, played vibes. And a little piano, too. Um, I read Tony in, Mangurian. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I read in, in Lanois' book that, that it was actually filmed. The well, we did it, and we did the record, and then they wanted to film it, so... Uh, then vendors came back with a film crew and we did the whole record again uh on film um the record had already come out i think but we so we staged the whole thing and they had these spanish dancers uh to uh dance on the stage that were backlit so all you saw were these shadows behind the scrim and harry dean stanton was there and he mm. would dance and uh it was uh it was very cool and i i think and they made a video of it but i think that might have been musically better than the original wow. but it was about you know we did everything the same but it's, it was just might so have been... somewhere that footage is sitting existing yeah well, it's on a, i think you can get a it's on vhs it never came out on the dvd oh so it came out it's yeah oh, i didn't know that you might could find it you know have to on look the for that. line somewhere I have to look for that. on youtube yeah favorite track off that record god i don't know you know what, what daniel said play an instrument you're not comfortable with so i played bass harp mostly there's very little harmonica i mean i mean uh, uh, the diatonic harp um 
He said play an instrument and not yeah, yeah, get you out of your comfort zone. Get, we're all out of our comfort zone, yeah. Uh, with Willie not playing trigger most of the time, that was really uh, interesting. And and then the board was set up right in the center, so we're listening back to mixes. I mean, we're, as we're listening back, you know, to playback, that was the mix. Yeah. I never went back there and mix. never went back and mixed the record. What we heard at that time. Mark heard, Howard was the engineer. Yeah, I mean that was it. I've and heard that about Glenn Wise. Like, what you? He's kind of part of the the musician. He's in the room, like vibing yeah. off everything. He's right in the center, and while you're playing, he's interacting and he's yeah. making changes on the fly. And that's kind of it, you know. It's, yeah, uh, that's what we. That was it. Um, three days is a great track on that. Three days that I hate to see arrive. Three. Days that I hate to be alive. Three days filled with tears and sorrow. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Does he still play through that old Baldwin amp? Oh, yeah. We've got several of them because they keep falling apart. <laughs> yeah, the Baldwin amp with the, uh, the stereo amp with a stereo pickup on that uh, Martin. Yeah, I, and Willie doesn't even know. He can't remember half the people that signed Trigger, probably, right? There's so many signatures on there. Well, they'd have to look at it. Yeah, and it's, some of it's getting worn off, you know. Uh, Roger Miller and Leon Russell signed it. I'm sure Merle signed it. Uh, Christofferson. I, I've gotten, you know, actually a few inches from Trigger. I've never actually... I don't remember if I actually picked it up, because it was sitting on a stand one day with some gig, and I, and I, I thought, man, this is like Smithsonian. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It'd be interesting to see where it goes eventually. Well, probably Smithsonian or or somebody with a ton of money. Will, I don't know. Probably wouldn't. Willie probably wouldn't let that happen. I don't know. Can you tell me a Miles Davis story? I know you were. You know, a, a lot of people probably don't realize, but Miles oh, yeah. was a huge Willie Nelson fan, right? And when you lived in Malibu, you were. He's getting. Mickey's getting up right now and pulling a. a photo off the wall (laughs) we were in vegas and uh miles came out to see willie and every night well well, first uh um i was hanging out in his room and he says i'm gonna write willie's song so he takes the uh takes a laundry list we're at caesar's palace takes a laundry list draws some staff lines on it and starts writing some notes and stuff. And he says, ah, heck with it. And he throw, wads it up, throws it in the trash, goes to the bathroom. So as soon as he left the room, I dove in the trash <laughs> and, and grabbed it. And uh, oh, I, wow. I, I couldn't get him to sign. I couldn't say, hey, Miles, I went through your trash. Will you sign this, please? Wow. But that's the... Uh, Expect me around some... For whatever you may do or something like that. You know, It's got chord them. changes on it. And it's got some musical notation on it. It looks like a short. We'll have to play those, yeah, kind of just scribbled ideas. Yeah, and he's got some chord changes on it. And then G5, for we played there a couple of weeks, minor. and he spent a week with us, and he sat on the side of the stage every night, and uh, on my side, which was even you know pretty scary just to have him watching there. And he walked over to me, I think it was the first or second night, and picked up one of my harmonicas, and says, "Man, how do you play this thing?" and uh, the, the cigarette girl, you know, selling cigars, uh-huh. cigarettes, tipperellos. Uh, oh, and, and, and a camera. She came by, and Miles has uh, picked up a harmonica. Oh, there he is. He's playing and, your uh, harmonica. She took a picture of uh, Miles and I cheek to cheek playing harmonica. Oh, man, that's cool. Wow, look at that. 
No, that's yeah, that's me. And that's w- w- Miles is wearing a Willie hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a great photo. No, I thought we we were in the uh, in Tokyo, and just sitting in the hotel, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden we you know it's one of these hotels with the lobby with, with the the uh, uh, floors go up you know fifty floors and it's just atrium that this yeah. lobby, and we're sitting down there. I think we're waiting for our ride to go to the gig. And we hear echoing through the hall. It goes, Willie, hey Willie, it's T Bone, <laughs> T Bone Walk, wow. who is uh, you know the bass yeah. player for uh, yeah. for Hall and Oates. Yeah, you know, hey Willie, it's T Bone. <laughs> it's like it's going, who the hell is T Bone? <laughs> Willie's thinking that, you know, hey T Bone, you know. Man, I've gotten the opportunity to go on Willie's bus a few times, and it's uh, it's got what they like to. The Western scene paintings and stuff, and he had the, the yeah, and he loves he likes what he, he had the Western channel the on the yeah. whole time, yeah, and you know it was cool. It's either that or CNN. So all right, and then another time, uh, I don't remember whose bus if it was it wasn't Willie, but uh, your 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 tour manager Pootie, rest in peace. He he had me and my wife on the bus, and he had this pulls out this blue mason jar, and he's like, oh moonshine, take a sip of this, honey. Uh, this is the best. South Carolina moonshine you ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway. The good old days. The good old days. Well. Yeah, it's got a little more sedate out there on the road now. I mean, I guess just to make it this long, you've got to slow the pace down and and well, sleep every once in a while. Yeah. Know? Well, to keep that sort of pace, man. I mean, because yeah. Willie doesn't fly, right? It's just all. You know, he doesn't. I mean, he lives in Hawaii, so he's got to fly oh. there. But he'll take the bus to L.A. and then catch a plane. You know, you know um, uh, there's a drummer who was on my podcast named Kirk Covington. He's a great drummer. He played in this fusion band named Tribal Tech. He bought Bobby's house on the golf course. Oh, he did? Oh, he really? lives in that house. And one of these podcast episodes was recorded in that house. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Who does he play with? Uh, well, he's just like a freelance drummer. Uh-huh. He used to be in this fusion band called Tribal Tech, and he played with Joe Zawinul for a little while. Oh, too. really? Oh, yeah. no, But he 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 said this was Bobby so he's Nelson's out there. House. I'll have to yeah. track him down. Yeah. So I've been to that house a few times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice place. Yeah. Well, that's where the studio is. That's where Willie's studio is at the mm-hmm. golf course at Pedernales. Yeah. I mean, somebody... we still we still do stuff there. I mean, we'll cut tracks here and then you know take them to. Uh, to Austin and mm-hmm. Willie put his guitar and vocal on. There. Now you work with Bob Dylan too, right? I didn't. Well, I played with. You I mean, played we, with him. We've yeah. done some stuff, um, some live shows, you know, tribute shows where he yeah. was on the show, and then he uh, one that we did. He asked me to play his heart part. I mean, there was a. I mean, I would mostly refer to him, let him play, you know, but yeah. he'd asked me to play this one uh, on this one song where he he played it on the record, but. Yeah, you know, played live, and then we toured with him for several years. Right. So, but I never played with him live after that. But he was having trouble with his harp, so he called me over one time to kind of something was was wrong with the reeds or the harp was sticking. So I got him playing a different Mm. model. I think I switched into the uh, the Honer the uh, Special Twenty because it's got a plastic comb and the wood it doesn't swell when it gets right. you know wet or anything remember that time you came over to my house and you were, I, I was trying to play harp a little bit and i had a marine band and um you were showing me a few things and and you told me that the those reeds are a little harder to bend right if you're a beginner is that right well the no the, the blues harps i thought blues was a harp? little yeah i love the marine band i mean that's what i play um but yeah the, the, I, I think for somebody just starting out 
Um, and, and it's what I use in the studio too, is a special 20s. Special 20s. Which 20. is a plastic uh, body. I, I still like the wood, you know, it's my favorite. And and the ones I record with are, a, a, it's a honer, but it's customized by a guy named Joe Felisco, mm. who's a great harmonica player and historian and uh, was one of the first, probably the first, you know, cust- guy that built custom harmonicas. Mm. You must have what? thousand harmonicas probably uh, definitely many, yeah hundreds. i mean i've got a a small kit I, I mean this is yeah there's probably a thousand harmonicas here and here's a the, the recording kit which is 12 okay so that's right your here. that's your case that's you bring to a session yeah. but some of the others are like bass harmonicas or chord harmonicas there's harmonicas and minor tunings and major seventh tunings do you when you're on the road do you like scour you know antique stuff because no, i don't collect anything okay i don't like old shit <laughs> especially old harmonicas that's yeah, probably especially not, old harmonicas yeah, that's exactly. not really the best do you have uh I, you did a solo record but it's a long time ago right yeah i did a, a record called hand to mouth that was just uh it was back in the 80s and uh, I, there was it was this keyboard player and ben keith who played yeah. steel new ben you know we, we worked with ben yeah, yeah. And it's another rest in peace unfortunately yeah. yeah so we just turned on the tape machines and just played on any of your, your own stuff now i'm not working i need to i mean i'm not we, we cut a track we did you know, in new orleans um i need to probably do another record i, I just need uh some direction so you want to do something yeah man <laughs> i'm gonna actually find that track I, i'm okay. sure i have it on a hard drive somewhere and maybe i'll if it's okay with you i'll paste in a little sure. taste of that in, in oh here, yeah yeah you know? Joey Burns from Calexico, mm-hmm. and we went in to his studio, and that was the same time. I remember you yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Calexico. And then I did Tony Cher, who lives in New York, who plays with Bill Frisell. Sure, I know Tony. He and I cut uh, um, Spanish Harlem in his house. So I've got a few things. I need to do another. He should. Another it sounds like you already have something. Got enough, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And this thing I'm working on with Tucker Martin. Great producer, he does uh, My Morning Jacket, The Decemberist. I might just have to, and it's an instrumental piece he just sent me. I might just have to steal it. Just hit him up, man. Hit up a few friends to do some tracks, and you. Blow yeah, I'll just over. take his track and just drown everything out with harmonica. Yeah. Well, you're one of the like, you know, you're you're one of the good harmonica players. Sometimes I gotta say, like sometimes at the blues jams, I mean, guitar players are totally guilty of that. But sometimes you get harp players that. They cut in and they oh, yeah, they, they grab the playing. mic and it's you know they're outside the stage like salivating to jump on stage when they get their chance. Can't blame them, but <laughs> you know. But it, 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 somebody asked me one time, would I do a workshop or would I teach harmonica? And it's like I'm not a great teacher, and and no, I, I can't teach you how to play, but I can teach you how to not play. I think that's almost more important. I can teach you where to where to lay out. You know, that'll is, get uh, your gigs, or it'll keep your keep yeah. you on a gig for sure. That's a pretty 
wise yeah. thing right there. I mean, some of those harmonica players do have a bad rap. When I, uh, I've spent some time with Mac Rebenek, and he mm-hmm. goes, man, he goes, Mickey, he goes, I love you. He goes, I hate the harmonica, but I love you. <laughs> That's true. I haven't heard much harmonica on Mac's records. You know, Mac is Dr. John, for those of you that don't know. Yeah, well, you haven't heard any yet. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. There, I might have a little something to do with that, actually. We'll see. Man, you want to play one more little thing or sure. something? I don't know. Any... Uh... Is that a bad harp key? I mean, a uh, guitar key? Whatever you want. What do you want me to play? Is it... This is a funky little guitar here. It's an old Larry, Larry, yeah. a little baby Larry. Um, did you ever get into Toot Steelman? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Again, I, I, met, I met him when he was playing with Paul Simon. We did a show with him, and he comes over and picks up, you know, because I play the diatonic, the little tin hole harmonicas, and he plays, you yeah, know, chromatic, brilliant, so right, chromatic. Yeah. But he picked up the little my little tin hole harmonica, and he goes, "How do you play this little thing?" <laughs> <laughs> and he put he picked it up and he that what you know it was like me playing trying to play chromatic. I mean he can, you know he can do no wrong, but it yeah. wasn't his instrument. You right. know, and it's uh, how do you drive the stick shift? Play, yeah, how do you play this thing? He's a beautiful player. I love his stuff. Oh yeah, I tune bluesette. I played that on a podcast with another friend of mine. But... All right, Mickey, I think I have enough, man. All right, well thank you. Thank you for making the time, and you know, it's good to see you. Maybe I'll see you in. Um, Back in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I'll see. I'll be down the 7th or 8th. With Willie? Okay. That'd be great. All right, well. Then we go see Mac, see how he's doing. That would be great. We should. So, 
All right, man. Great. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Mickey. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there if you're still here. And uh, you you are listening to there. there's the track that Mickey and I did together one time. That was just a little run through of a... We just kind of made it up on the spot, but maybe he'll finish it one day. Anyway, thanks for listening. I love all your comments. Please leave me a good rating on iTunes. And um, let me know about the t-shirt idea. And uh, see you out there on the road. Take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.